Welcome everyone, welcome to the Lead and Feel podcast channel where we navigate leadership through authenticity, vulnerability, human touch and all the other different aspects of it at work, at home, in private and professional spheres. Today's episode I would love to devote to ownership. It will actually be an episode a little bit different. It will be actually about boundaries too. When I was preparing for the episode, um, basically I was reflecting, obviously, uh, upon my experiences, about my yeah, opinion or approach to ownership. In the end, I decided to first tackle the boundaries aspect of it, um, which for me is like ownership equals to setting boundaries. Big words, big meaning, and big action behind it. The reason I decided to bring it up is that so many times I realize people don't want to take ownership um, and try to dump it on others and then they somehow expect results and complain if things don't happen. In this episode, indeed, I want to actually talk about not taking ownership consciously and setting the boundaries. So a little bit of from a different spin, a bit of different angle and perspective. Sounds interesting? Grab some drink or enjoy the commute, make yourself comfortable, and let's get started. When I think of ownership, to me, it's basically the fundament of leadership. You can't be a leader if you don't take ownership of your actions, decisions, and even more importantly, mistakes. Same goes for integrity, which I have already talked about it, right in the previous solo episode. Check it out if you're interested. I did it a couple of weeks before. So coming back to the ownership, actually I see it both ways. It is taking ownership of your shit and not taking ownership of someone else's shit. So I recall it first times. Um, I recall first times um, the companies or my first work experience when I became a leader, manager or a project manager. I remember that feeling and thinking, oh, wow, I'm important now. I need to act responsibly and need to deliver and basically shine all the time, which basically then would mean in my eyes that everything is so important. Everything is so urgent and I need to pick everything up from the very beginning and from the moment uh, I just start working and yeah, basically it was clearly a smooth path to overworking feeling overwhelmed and working long hours without an dead, without actually lighting the tunnel to a dead end. So, and guess what, right? On top of that, saying yes to all other tasks or whenever other colleagues would um, ask you because you don't want to sound rude, you want to be seen as collaborative. So yeah, you would just say yes to everything. They would come to you and then you would indeed somehow train them that they can dump stuff on you too because then you will say yes and then you will solve their issues. As I'm saying now, I think we will be touching the boundaries like big time right in this episode. It's kind of asking for it, you know, immediately straight to my face. Saying yes and no's to yourself and to others through the angle of taking ownership or not. So especially young managers, uh, from my experience, 
young, I mean young and tenure, right? Just kind of junior or just first-time managers or um, responsible for bigger projects that require stakeholder management and task delegation. Um, so those young managers, from my personal experience and from my team members, um, tend to take ownership too literally and feel responsible for everything. And yeah, it leads to working overtime, not being able to prioritize and focus on what matters. Whenever I would start a new job, a new company, I would have intro one-to-ones with all my team members and main stakeholders, the ones that I would know that I will be working with directly or indirectly. First of all, obviously, just to you know, um, establish a rapport and some kind of relation. And also to ask for their biggest challenges and their opinion, what should be changed in my freshly owned department. It always gave me a bit of a perspective, what's triggering and what's burning on a subjective level, um, obviously. But then would also kind of let me realize and make me realize what's going on between the departments. And then coming back to my desk, full of notes and full of quote-unquote problems to solve and yeah I like to listen to those organization to understand their priorities worries and struggles and even recommendations they sometimes can be very useful and helpful in the future it would give a nice 360 view of the state of organization and maybe some also kind of you know subtle or not so subtle tensions between departments or teams or maybe on the personal level but what I no longer do is to take ownership of everything what I heard. I had this tendency that somehow I assumed that whenever people would tell me something, it would already mean that A, I'm expected to fix it, and B, it's already my problem, or it's within scope of my responsibilities, and, and three, kind of already feeling guilty that it's still the problem exists, you know? like. Not sure like why the brain was wired this way, uh, but I think the more I talk about it with my friends, with my yeah, other um, people in my life, I think it's kind of a human nature or maybe us not being able to, uh, to be comfortable with boundaries and to kind of differentiate what's your shit, what's my shit and be respectful about it towards each other. Um, so... Um, so yeah, so we have the tendency, right, of needing to help everyone, score points with them, and, and so on. But that's not your fucking problem. I still need to remind myself what my responsibilities are, and where I need to take action and ownership, and also what's important, and when. Because yeah, in the beginning, like everything was urgent, and I just had a huge list, list of problems, and then I thought, oh my god, I need to do it right away. And yeah, sure, it is cool to show off and make a difference already in the first days at your new job, but you are not expected, just being honest, to change the world, especially in the first week when you start a new job. What I like to do instead, and I learned from it, learned it from my one of my first managers, is to map, map it all out, and identify which points or changes are big and important and yeah they require more time and our resources and which points could be my shining opportunities kind of a star um, star uh, star moments 
and yeah, the fancy startup term that I've always had been hearing, those so called low hanging fruit, where I can do it fast, make a difference for the team or others without putting too much effort. So pretty often, some of the struggles of your teammates can be fixed easily, while others will never be solved. And it's just good to embrace it and be clear about it and manage expectations. Earlier on, I would always feel guilty for that. But then I realized this attitude is toxic and not helping anyone. Firstly, I'm not here for this job in order to please everyone and or be liked by everyone. Uh, And yeah, being liked naturally is always helpful whenever you need to ask for some favors in the future. However, this is not your main goal and you have to be comfortable with not being always liked, especially when you don't or when you make the so-called unpopular decisions or yeah, or basically also fuck things up as well. And then it just, yeah, shit happens as well, right? So your main goal for me or kind of what helped me anchor myself when in the moments of feeling overwhelmed or overworked or over um yeah over everything is my goal is basically my main priorities in the function and achieving them in a humane way and i stress it the human way because when you talk about integrity or ethics or morale which I'm, you know, a big preacher and big uh, advocate for is that yes, goals have to be met, but not at any cost. That's why I just basically say the humane way. So feeling guilty, right, for not solving other problems, etc. I see it as taking too much responsibility and ownership. And when you look closely, I would even tend to take ownership also of tasks that were not mine. And where does it originate? In not being able to state boundaries and actually taking ownership where it matters. So yeah, prioritization. My shit is my shit, your shit is your shit. So whoever I talk to, everyone has struggles in some ways with boundaries. Not being able to voice them, not being able to name them, or not being able to respect them or hear them from others and kind of mm, receive them from others. We've been raised, in many cases, to follow the orders of parents or school. Don't even let me talk about educational system. Maybe I'll have also one episode about it. Because, yeah, I think there's a lot, lot of amazing stuff going on when we are, yeah, going to school in terms of how we think, how we approach certain things, and how we are kind of pushed into one system until we uh, yeah, graduate from any education and then start living our own lives but um yeah so our needs and boundaries are being stepped and pushed away on and on that we are even forced not to think about them that we have the right to have needs and boundaries i remember when i was frightened or i would be frightened if i heard a question maggie what do you want to do today or what do you want to do now when I was younger, I would be paralyzed to answer that because I really would not know what to answer. I barely heard this question before when I was younger, and at least that's what I remember. And I did not develop that ability just to say what I need, you know, want, or even more importantly, what I don't want. I can't remember that I had space, you know, and kind of a safe space to say it or to not 
plans to say what I don't want to or don't agree with certain plans. So I just had to always tag along and just follow what was there already. And then so someone's uh, someone else's needs became basically my needs, right? So someone was telling me what to do because that person needed me to do something. So I just followed it. And I was just blindly following it in order to fulfill it. And then adulthood, adulthood came, uni times, first bigger relationships, more serious, less serious. And I was lost. Not that dramatically, um, uh, but still, all my 20s and still up until now, here and there, my life journey was all about first understanding my needs, being able to name them, and God, praise, and VC for that. Nonviolent communication. In case you are interested, check it out. It's, uh, yeah, it changed my way to communicate with myself, with others at work, but also outside of work. And aside that, setting my boundaries and feeling comfortable about them instead of feeling guilty, that's uh, like a game changer. It's not still, of course, super always easy and smooth, but it's transforming all the relationships around me for the better. Yeah, it's not comfortable when I say it, but then in the end, it is me. That's my boundary and I need to respect it first of all. And then probably afterwards, uh, not probably, but then others also have to respect it. And that's it. So especially at work, I will be swamped by other people's problems. Finally started drawing boundaries and pushing people to take ownership themselves. Basically telling them nicely or not, that is not my fucking problem. Don't come to me with your problem and dump it on my desk. If you have a problem, it's probably you who need to solve it. I'm happy to spare with you, even you're my manager, if you, uh, I'm your manager, I'm here to support you, but then come to me with some solutions or ideas and then we can talk. It changed again, my workload, the relationship between me and my team, and basically the yeah the nurturing of the um, the culture of ownership i follow followed the other time this famous management training um and it was quite a transformation there but one thing really big i got it from there and i remember till now whenever someone comes to you with a problem and wants you to solve it or find answers for them you simply respond what do you propose <laughs> reaction of the employee priceless so whenever you think you need to solve someone's problem if they come to you just check with, with, with them or just try it out saying hey what do you propose or what do you think or what are your ideas it's kind of changing the yeah as i said dynamics between two people and finally you are not the one who need to do all the work you know like why would you and um, I realized that earlier I would be so willing to help everyone, but then people would get used to it, as I mentioned, right? People just get used to it because you do it and they don't know that it's, you know, maybe annoying you or it's uh, making you overwhelmed. They just know that if they ask, they will get it and they don't really think too much. Uh, and they will not just move a finger about the problem, they will just immediately come to me, like to a mother. And that was clearly not sustainable, right? Especially when the teams are growing. And it's definitely not a work relationship I want to have. And even also a relationship, you know, outside of my work. I strive for equal and partner-like dynamics at work. 
and whom. As soon as another person would dump my problems into my shoulder, it would not be equal anymore. Because then it will be again this kind of relationship or dynamics of someone giving and someone taking. In this case, you know, a request or or a task um, or a solution or a problem. Uh, problem solving and solution finding. It is tempting though, of course, I must say, whenever I have a problem, I want something or someone else to fix it for me, or even better, take the decision on my behalf. And then if things go wrong, you can blame that person and again, not pay any consequences of your action. Amazing, right? Such an easy life that would be, but no, that's not how life works. One of the universal laws, the law of cause and effect. There is an effect and there's always a cause and a cause and effect of any action. So also when you think deeper, do you really want another person to take charge of your life? I bet you've met people who tend to be passive and very reactive in their life, in their personality, somewhat waiting for um, things to happen in their life, but not really steering it. Surely you can live like that, but this attitude will not get you far, especially at work. And then let's bring the concept of boundaries and not owning other responsibilities to the private sphere, relationships and friendships. What I observed and experienced in relationships or friendships was a similar mechanism. We tend to dump our shit on others, um, our traumas, our patterns, our insecurities, and then we expect people to solve it for us and fix it for us so that we no longer have those insecurities or that person is no longer triggering us in a certain way. So let's bring an example here. Imagine we have a couple where a guy always, like a couple, you know, girlfriend and boyfriend. So a guy always meets his female friends and his girlfriend is having jealousy issues and makes scenes. Of course, it's a very subjective way of saying, but there is always a big situation or break a discussion every time he goes out to meet his one of his female friends who do you think needs to change or work on himself or herself you, co- you can approach it right um from a this potential issue from both sides one approach would be you could say the girlfriend has issues so it is on her to fix them and work on her jealousy and her outbursts the other would be Letting the boyfriend do some homework too to figure out why he has the need to meet only female friends so much or maybe he's behaving in a certain way that she doesn't, his girlfriend doesn't feel safe or, or um, uh, yeah, stable in the relationship. And not saying that he needs to change it and stop seeing them, but some kind of introspection about the behaviors never harms, harms us, right? So... And then what I'm usually a fan of is taking ownership of our traumas, right? Issues, insecurities, but still being open and transparent about it without making it a problem of the other person. So for example, in this situation, you know, of course, it's just always so easy to say it when you're not in a situation where you don't have, you know, those emotions uh, playing a role, etc. But then if I was this girlfriend, I would share openly about my jealousy maybe also some past experiences that triggered that. I would kind of let the other person, my boyfriend in that example, um, understand where I am coming from. 
and what shaped me the way it did um, and I will definitely work on my outbursts like this is like something for example that is not helping in any way uh, my outbursts my uncontrollable uh, anger towards him and towards our relationship and then following the authenticity and the vulnerability the boyfriend would empower and encourage her or me in that case what I'm saying me encourage her to be aware of her patterns and also make her feel safe there's nothing to worry and be insecure about when it comes to him meeting his female friends as long as the boyfriend has clear intentions and innocent intentions about them yeah so we assume that he just likes to hang out with female friends because i think in principle there is nothing wrong uh, by far to meet to be friends with an opposite gender and, and and we should just encourage that because there is nothing wrong. We just only, of course, hear uh, stories where people would che- be cheating on each other, etc. But then, objectively speaking, uh, just so that we hear those stories doesn't mean that in our relationship it will happen too, first of all. And second, why does a vagina or a penis have to determine the fact that I can be friends with someone or not? Um... So, again, coming back to the to the jealousy issues. So then, I, if I was this girl, then of course I would share my patterns and my 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 past experience with my boyfriend. I would also try to realize and tell him like, hey, it's not like your issue. I'm not gonna dump it on you. I realize that it's my thing to take care of, and um, I don't want to limit your freedom and your need to meet your friends because I also don't want to change you, but could you maybe help me and then it's of course the very you know crucial point me being aware if there's any way I can ask for help which is I think a very very amazing skill to have ask for help or ask for support and do some homework on my own or do some homework or some work as a couple so that the girl feels more secure in some way maybe just a simple thing maybe she just needs you know a hug in the morning or or just you know sometimes you know some words of affirmation uh, that she feels you know the most important girl in his life in the boyfriend's life and while he can have many and dozens female male friends you name it and um yeah so then i would say it openly then maybe not the boyfriend would also say hey i definitely see you i acknowledge it i don't think you know that i'm gonna stop seeing my friends but then um uh but then, yeah, just because my girlfriend has a trauma from the past, um, she should not or she try, should try not to project it on others or on him in that uh, regard and expect the boyfriend to change his behavior completely, right? So, yeah, it is hard. Again, it is easier to blame someone and use the person to fix stuff in us. While I believe the other person is in our life for a reason, for us to grow and overcome our traumas and our yeah dark shadows here and there and it takes two to tango so other other person can also support you in your process so kind of um as a conclusion i would say um in that example but overall about the example about the concept of not taking ownership or taking ownership deciding what's your shit what's my shit and being all together present and empathic at work or in um, at home Let's, I would say, continue empowering each other and re-emphasizing what 
our responsibilities are, what yours are, what mine are, where the boundaries start and end. And let's practice talking about them openly, right? So it becomes normal and nothing tragic to have, you know, to have sleepless nights from, you know, like talking from my experience, you know, like I would always be paralyzed when I would have, would think of, oh my God, today I have to state my boundaries or I have to say something that I don't appreciate or don't like in another person or in my family member. And I would just be anxious the whole day until I would have this phone call with that person. So let's just kind of normalize it, that it's um, it's normal to, to state boundaries. It's healthy to state boundaries. And um, so, yeah, let's create the safe environment for all of us, for all of each other, that if someone says a boundary, we can respect it and we can actually appreciate it, that the person feels uh, at ease enough with us or so-called safe uh, enough with us to, to say it openly so that we can, yeah, kind of uh, invite someone to be authentic, to be himself at ease without, yeah, us sometimes even subconsciously or unconsciously stepping over those boundaries. So let's support each other in thinking in solutions instead of problems, encourage collaborations instead of blaming or pushing responsibilities over each other. Next solo episode will be about ownership from the other side, where we actually need to take ownership and own our mistakes. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I hope maybe it sparked some interest here and there. I'm curious about your relationship with with boundaries overall how are you with them how has it been over time how's it in your relationship or at work yeah i'm curious to hear your perspective and have a wonderful day until next time bye bye